in you even recognizing, right, that, hey, I don't want to be angry, but I am angry, right? And owning that, hey, I'm angry and wondering, okay, why do I get angry when they, they cut me off? And it's digging a little bit deeper to find out the why beneath that without shaming yourself. That is the pivotal point is without shaming yourself, without thinking something is wrong with you. It's loving yourself through that moment. I think that right there is what authenticity is, at least to me. Welcome back to the You Need a Counselor podcast. This is a show presented by Heart and Solutions Counseling Agency. We release new episodes every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central and encourage you to batch up that laundry, put away the dishes, plan for the week ahead, or do any other task that might seem daunting while you give our show a listen. You might just be encouraged to call your therapist, connect with this week's guest, or seek out those services you've been considering for a while but haven't made the commitment to yet. If you are in the state of Iowa and are in need of mental or behavioral health counseling, give us a call at 1-800-531-4236. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to You Need a Counselor podcast. My name is Dr. Julie Johnson. I'm the president and founder here at Heart and Solution. Uh, we're a counseling agency here in Iowa. So if you're still looking for counseling or if you're on the fence about counseling, but think you might call, uh, give us a call to set up telehealth or in-person therapy counseling or in-home behavioral health intervention uh, anywhere in the state of Iowa. So this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. The mission of our podcast is uh, we're a podcast designed for people curious about counseling, but who have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. So this is episode 126. We are very excited to welcome back uh, a former guest. Uh, and oh gosh, when we when we interviewed this guest, we just went, we have to have her back. We have so much to talk about. There's so much information here uh, that that we want to know uh, and that we want to share on these episodes. So uh, we are happy to welcome back Carol Richards. Thank you for being here, Carol. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to be back. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you back. So just to uh, refresh everybody on Carol, um, Carol is a hypnotherapist and a rapid transformational therapy practitioner. So uh, when we think about hypnotherapy, all kinds of weird images sometimes come to our minds, but uh, there is a real difference between the hypnotherapist that you see at after prom who makes everybody uh, cluck like a chicken and a, and a licensed hypnotherapist um, that is doing these therapeutic uh, interventions. So uh, Carell is the founder of In Divine Time Transformational Services. Uh, she is able to support people all over the world in being able to release those unhealthy habits, those unhealthy patterns, and really trying to strive for that freedom, that peace of mind, and just that excitement about life and uh, that new perspective that allows us to continue to grow as people. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Now, tell us some, what has been going on with you since the last time? You were oh my God, I have, I've been growing. I have also been releasing transforming so even though the work that I do is so transformational and it's so you know intentional for others I think there are times we as practitioners forget to do that for ourselves so since our last uh, episode I have been doing a lot of my own self-work as well as working with other clients as well but for the most part transforming my entire life and I'm excited. I'm excited for where this is going. It's interesting. I even was doing some reflection this morning. And I remember saying, I want 2023 to be to be expansive. And in your head, when you're thinking about expansion, you're like, oh, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna blow up and you're gonna go here and you're gonna go this. And it's not to say I haven't done those things, but you don't think about the part where you're breaking muscles, you're breaking habits, and these things hurt. 
they feel uncomfortable and you're like, oh my God, it's like you're being pushed in a corner and with nowhere to go, but up. You really can only go up from there and it's scary at times. So that's essentially what 2023 has been for me. It's breaking those habits and forming new ones and it's exciting and it's scary at the same time, but that's okay. Wow, I love that imagery of uh, the pressure that it takes to grow. And uh, it, it brought to mind for me uh, when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, when you said there's there was nowhere to go but up. And uh, <laughs> when we think about our lives, so many of the milestone moments and changes in our lives, the impact in our lives, either we were forced into a change by something outside of our control. And a lot of times that change that happened we might not have ever done on our own, uh, but because that thing happened, we were kind of, we were forced into a corner with nowhere to go but up. Uh, and we, we were kind of squeezed by life sometimes out of there. And so uh, then the idea of doing it to ourselves <laughs> in the name of growth, cornering ourselves so that we have nowhere to go but up um, feels even more challenging some in some ways because yes, we do have, we have some control over that situation, but sometimes having that control <laughs> can hinder some of that growth or can make it even more scary uh, to do that expansion. So I, I love that. Is that your, that was your kind of intention for 2023 is expansion. Yeah, yeah but I'm telling you, expansion isn't just glitz and glamour, right? You know, I wanted to, to expand the business. I wanted to expand my reach. But what it takes to, to get those things, to get those outcomes, we don't recognize when we say, when we put that intention out there, what it what we're asking of ourselves. And when, once you get to that part, you're like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to do this again. And you start to second guess the vision. When it's not the vision that you're, you, you need to second guess, it's the, the habits and the behaviors that you've grown so accustomed to. It's just your norm and it's your familiarity. But sometimes those familiarities are actually the things that are keeping us stuck and actually forcing us not to grow. So I've had to release some of these things. And that's where the freedom comes in is when you recognize that you have a choice. This isn't, oh, this has to be, this should be. It's Oh, I get to choose. And that's where the free will is. One of the, I, I love this example of recognizing that we do have choices in life because so many of the things we do, I know we talked last time too, about things that just go on autopilot. We put ourselves in a hypnotic state and, yeah. uh, and we just do these things without questioning them always. And uh, it reminds me when I was in college, I, I was maybe a sophomore. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was I was 19. Yeah, so I had a, a teenager's uh, way of thinking. And I remember our psychology professor said to us, nobody in here is being forced to be in this class. And I thought I'm being forced to be in this class. I thought and, and a lot of people in the class, we all thought, well, we're being forced to be here, right? Like I'd rather be on the beach right now. Um, we're be, you know, and we had all of these ideas of what was forcing us to be there. Our parents or our guardians, uh, the social structure that says get a degree so you can get this kind of job, uh, that professor, right? The attendance policy, all of these things that came, came into our minds of, no, I'm not choosing this. I'm sitting in this class. It's not a choice. I'm doing it. Uh, because I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And she said, the fact that you're wearing shoes today was a choice. You could walk out of the house at, on any day, any single day, and decide, I'm not going to wear shoes today. You, can, you, you would have probably some unpleasant consequences of that. You might have some pleasant consequences of that. Um, but you always have the choice. And then she said, any one of you right now, there is not a single person in here that could not walk out of this classroom right now, go drive directly to the airport or get a cab to the airport or take a bus to the airport or hitchhike to the airport, get to the airport somehow and fly to Paris and be in Paris by tomorrow morning. There's not a single one of you that couldn't do that. And I thought, 
oh my gosh, because our mind automatically says, no, I cut it. I don't have a car, right? I don't have money for a ticket to Paris. But if I needed to get to Paris tomorrow, if it was life or death, I could do it. And I could do it today. And I could have done it that day when I was 19. And so being confronted with the reality that, oh, everything we're doing is a choice, getting up and going to the job that we're going to or working on the business that we've created is all of that is a choice. Um, it's it's so in keeping with what you're talking about. We're like, oh, when when we have when we acknowledge that we know that that's where that freedom comes in. Yeah. yeah. And that's where it, not even just the freedom, there's this power that you're like, oh, in understanding that, yeah, you do have the freedom. It gives you that power to actually make those choices easier than to sit there and, and play powerless or to play the victim to say, oh, I can't do this. Oh, woe is me. At the end, the end of the day, I love that we like to think that we have control over everything. And the truth is we do have control to a certain extent. That control goes as far as your first thought, right? It it's really starts with your thoughts. So if you think you can't do it, you're not going to be able to do it. So if we can understand that within ourselves, that it really starts with that thought and maybe your thoughts are rooted in scarcity and it's acknowledging that that thought is rooted in scarcity because that's probably all you've ever known. And then understanding that, hey, staying in this scarcity mindset isn't going to get me to the abundance that I desire. So it's shifting intentionally and it's going to be hard. It's going to be like building a muscle day by day. You have to remind yourself, hey, I want this outcome because again, it's insanity to do the same thing over and over thinking that you're going to get a different result. I love that. And and it's insanity to think the same thing over and over and, and believe that we're going to get a different result. And gosh, there are so many things that we don't have control over. I know last time we talked about feelings and being a, a feelings being in a logic world yeah. um, and how challenging that is. And uh, and so when we think about our our feelings, we really don't have direct control over our feelings, but we do have direct control over what affects those feelings, which is the thought uh, that yeah. happens first. So um, it's that quote of whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> And then, you know what, I've learned, and in this world, as much as it's logic-based, it can be anything you want it to be. And I might sound, you know, altruistic. I I might sound like I'm being delusional right now, but the truth is you, your thoughts, your perception dictates how you engage in this world, right? So for me, I don't necessarily have a hard time in understanding that I have control over certain things because one, I make sure that I understand that my feelings aren't always facts. And it's the truth. There are so many feelings that come up today that are not rooted in today. They're actually rooted in probably 20, 30 years ago. And I have to challenge myself to say, hey, what you're feeling right now, is this because of what's actually happening in front of you right now? Or is it because it reminds you of something that you've experienced in a previous life or a present life or whatever? And it's questioning those things because we're not perfect as human beings. And I'm not saying that your feelings are not valid and that my feelings are not valid. It's just that are they real for the moment that you're living in? Because a lot of us are not living in the present moment when we're going through life. If we're on autopilot, we're going through, oh, this happened to me. I don't want to be. And it, it's a whole story. And we can change the stories that we tell ourselves. Absolutely. It what you said about reality, reality is so subjective. And this weekend I watched uh the movie Inception. Have you seen that movie with Favorite Leonardo? movie? <laughs> I have not watched that for probably I don't know, like maybe eight years or so. And I remember watching it and I remember liking it and thinking, oh, this is so cool. And then I watched it this weekend and it was it just felt totally different to me because I was like, 
oh my gosh, this is this movie is real. Uh, so it, it's amazing how those the projections that Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, character has of his uh, his former wife, his late wife, and his uh, all of these other pieces of his reality world um, come into that dream reality and that's how our real life is we pieces from our past we've got that basement floor um and all of every single moment of our lives is recorded in there we might not remember it i have to stop and intentionally think about okay when was the time i went to the zoo as a child right like <laughs> the first time i touched a rabbit's fur right? things like that I have to consciously think of that. And before that moment, just now, I wasn't consciously thinking about that. But that moment was in my brain. It was the picture that came out when I said, touched a rabbit. All of the pictures that came up when I said, touched a rabbit, they're all in there at any given moment. Um, And and they come out in all different ways. Exactly. Uh, like little movie projectors they just they literally just project onto <laughs> whatever is in front of us uh from that you know film strip in our brain exactly and and it's our responsibility to check in with ourselves right so like you're saying it's there and it doesn't show up unless something reminds you to like okay hey, this feels familiar. And when you think about it, then something just flashes across your eyes and you're like, oh, I remember this. And especially if it's a good feeling, it's it's nostalgic. Yeah, those are great. But we, I think we glamorize those moments and we forget that we had not so great moments too. So where we would lean into the great moments so effortlessly, the other moments we are also leaning into it. We just don't recognize that, hey, when somebody, and these are triggers, when someone triggers you, you're responding just the same way that you probably would have responded before if it's so embedded in your subconscious mind. Because your subconscious mind is that blueprint that's running your life. So if your blueprint is is embedded with so many negative behaviors, so many bad habits, and I use those words very loosely because I don't really see things black or white, but if you're looking at things or if you've had experiences that were so traumatic to you, to the point that it made you feel unsafe, your automatic response is to feel unsafe, right? So in getting your life back by changing those blueprints, you then have a choice because the choice is, and, and I say it often to a lot of people, I'm like, I get it. It wasn't your fault. It, it's like you were just this, this system and you were just taking in experiences around you with your own experiences and it was just creating this path for you you know this 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 thing in your head and now that you're older it's just replaying that but you have the choice by either seeking a counselor you know going to a hypnotherapist going to a NLP practitioner whatever it is to change those things because you have recognized that you're ending up in the same situation despite you thinking that you're making different choices, you're actually not. So you're going to end up in the same spot. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Absolutely. And we start to think that that's how the world is because mm. we keep seeing that same outcome or that same yes. pattern. And so we go, well, that's just how the world is. I can't change it when we do have that power and, and you focus so much with your clients on bringing that power back to them and being able to uh, acknowledge that power and utilize that power in an intentional way in okay. our lives. And your mission talks about freedom and peace of mind. And gosh, isn't that just the goal <laughs> of every behavior? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think a lot of the things that we we say we want to to achieve in life, at the end of the day, if you get to the root of it, peace of mind, freedom, safety, those words are just so interchangeable. So if we're just being if we are real and honest with ourselves, we can say, yeah, I really just want to be free, not just to do whatever I want, but just to be me. You know, that's something that I'm learning to do every day is to just 
feel free, feel safe, feel have peace of mind in knowing I can just show up as me. Not the me that everybody else told me to be, but really who I am, the messiness of it all. You know, I I overshare sometimes and I've I've owned that. I speak a lot sometimes. I own that. I'm sensitive. I'm emotional. I'm empathetic. I'm all these things that maybe society doesn't really have great narratives for, but I own that. And I show up as this person every day, day by day, because that's me. So it's finding who you are, owning that and understanding that that is your self-worth. Your self-worth is accepting you and knowing who you are and not being afraid to show up as that version of you. And that's where freedom really comes in. Absolutely. I love that. The freedom of choice, the freedom of authenticity. And, you know, sometimes there is such a split between the action that we take or the words that we say or the versus what's going on for us internally. And that freedom is merging those two pieces by bringing that external self and those external behaviors and thoughts and and things that we are doing, those actions, closer to our internal and then bringing our internal closer to our external. I think we there's a lot of focus uh, on when we talk about authenticity, Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's a lot of focus on bringing our external to meet our internal well my internal is sometimes chaos it's not going to be helpful to me to match my external to my internal at times there are times where I say thank you for that feedback (laughs) what I'm feeling inside and so so I think we we think a lot about or hear a lot about authenticity bringing those together in terms of making our external match our internal But I think what you're talking about is that second piece that a lot of times gets missed. It's bringing our internal to match some of our external as well so that both pieces are coming together. Um, Because our external isn't us faking who we are necessarily. Sometimes it's acting as though. Sometimes it's being that uh, ideal self and reacting the way that we want to feel right so I don't I don't want to be so angry when somebody cuts me off in traffic right (laughs) then I so then instead of yelling at them and giving them the finger and honking my horn instead of doing that I go yep (laughs) and, and move on it's interesting that you would say that though um because I don't I don't know if it's us pushing it away or pretending, I think in you even recognizing, right, that, hey, I don't want to be angry, but I am angry, right? And owning that, hey, I'm angry and wondering, okay, why do I get angry when they they cut me off? And it's digging a little bit deeper to find out the why beneath that without shaming yourself. That is the pivotal point is without shaming yourself, without thinking something is wrong with you. It's loving yourself through that moment. I think that right there is what authenticity is. At least to me, it's not, it's, it's minus the shame because the shame is what is keeping us from hiding who we are. Absolutely. And so if I am, if I'm angry that that person cut me off, but I'm, I'm acting like I'm not, because I go, okay, well, I don't necessarily want the consequences of <laughs> right, having road rage toward this, towards this person. And I'm acting as though, because I want to be a person who can be calm and have peace of mind in those situations. So then I go, okay, but that really did make me angry. I am angry, right? I right. am angry. So now when I take off the external part of, okay, well, I just waved at them and moved on with my day. I can say, okay, that anger, what, what is that, right? And so I might go, okay, well, I was, so when I was in college, uh, I was stopped at a red light and a car came through the other direction uh, and T-boned me, like got out of their lane to T-bone me. And I was so terrified. Um, my uh, boyfriend at the time was in the passenger seat. He had to go to the hospital. Like it was horrible. And I 
was afraid because I think, I think when I'm at a stop sign, I let my guard down. And so I, I, you know, when I'm on the road, I'm very aware there are cars on either side of me, there's cars headed towards me. But when I'm at a stoplight or stop sign, I feel like I let my guard down. And so I felt like I was hit at a vulnerable time. Yeah. And so then when somebody, when I see somebody driving in a dangerous way, I get angry because I, in my brain, my brain doesn't see that older lady in a red sedan right? that, that cut me off because maybe she's on her way to the hospital because her husband's been hospitalized. My brain doesn't see that. My brain yeah. is the person who I could see coming at me, ready to hit me and then hitting my car and sending my boyfriend to the hospital, right? Like that's who I'm angry with. I'm angry at that person that hit, I mean, I'm still angry. <laughs> You said something that I don't know if you you picked up on. You even, you're probably even angry with yourself because you're like, okay, I let my guard down. And because I let my guard down, part of it may be my fault. And we don't even realize that narrative that we're telling ourselves. That's so interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. That is so cool. So, yeah, I mean, I said that out loud and I did not even notice that I said that. Yeah. And then what you do in your work, you pick that up and you go, yeah. you, you said you let your guard down. There's a piece of you that's angry with that person. Yeah. But yeah. also that repeatedly plays, you can't let your guard down because you will be attacked when your guard is down and it'll be worse than when your guard is up. Yeah. It's yeah. That message, that thought. Yeah. Uh, And this is a prime example of what we go through as human beings on a daily basis. It's we're telling ourselves stories. And as a result of those stories, we're feeling feelings. Right. So someone on the outside is going to say like, so but why are you angry with someone that's just driving? They just happen to we don't know what's really going on. They could be in a rush to go somewhere. You find out later on that that's the case. And then you feel so ridiculous in yourself because you're like, oh, I know I now know the other part of the story. So the story I was telling myself doesn't make any sense. But then we ask ourselves, why are we telling ourselves those story? It's because that story started a very long time ago. And and it's cool because, you know, you talked about digging deeper. And so if we go deeper from that level, right, like I'm sure there were other times that I let my guard down. And so when that car accident happened, it was that was particularly triggering because I had let my guard down in previous times where I didn't because, you know, so. And then just going down that kind of rabbit hole together with yeah. your counselor or with, um, you know, your your transformational therapy coach or practitioner. It's it's very. Uh, it's very cool to be able to do that with somebody else, because when we tell the story to ourselves, we don't hear it, <laughs> you know, even if we're trained to do it for other people, we don't hear it. So that is so cool. So freedom and peace of mind really is that goal so that I can then dig into that, dig into it, dig into it, dig into it until then my internal world, when somebody cuts me off or drives too close to my car, when that happens, uh, then I am able to have that match the behavior that I might be doing because it's a socially acceptable behavior of not having road rage. So I then be able to legit or to in an authentic way, match my internal world with that external behavior that I'm already doing. Yeah. And then, you know, what's funny, the reasoning won't be because it's socially acceptable is just because that's just your norm. You know, it's, it's you accepting that, Hey, I technically I'm really because for me I'm very chill like so chill sometimes probably too chill and a lot of people are like you I don't understand how you're so calm in even the most tumultuous situations I'm like because I don't give my power to the situation I understand that chaos is going to happen it's not to say I don't go through chaos just like you internally I have chaos at times but I have to be compassionate to myself and say hey what's going on here 
And if we do more of that, just by asking, hey, what's really going on here? And not blaming the other person or thing or inanimate object, you don't get to give away your power as often anymore. It's just like, okay, you're centered. And it's not stoicism, because I know a lot of people want to achieve stoicism. And I'm not sure why, <laughs> but to each his own. <laughs> Because we're human beings. we're And I, I look at this so often, too. If you look at a heart monitor, it's going up and down, up and down. And as soon as it's flatline, you're dead. So if you're just stoic, you're not doing any of this internally. You're dead. You're And I know I'm not dead. And I know you're not dead. So you're not being real, right? And you're not being real because we all have feelings. We all have emotions. And we should honor those because that is probably one of the most beautiful things about being a human being is that you have the ability to feel like a robot. They can be logical all they want to do, but they don't get the chance to feel and have emotions and connect the way that we as human beings connect. And I think a lot of us are doing ourselves a disservice by not connecting to those feelings and having a better understanding of it. You know, there are a lot of pop culture uh, iconic characters that can really resonate with people who are who have found safety in the stoic, <laughs> who have found safety in turning off all emotions because those painful ones feel overwhelming and they feel like too much to to experience. And um, so, coming to mind for me, uh, the Velveteen Rabbit, Pinocchio, um, Data from Star Trek. <laughs> Um, these these characters that are uh, learning how to be real in the Velveteen Rabbit or learning how to be humans, um, yeah, yeah. experiencing these things for the first time and having pain. Um, there's an episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, which I grew up watching. And uh, I always loved, I loved Counselor Troy. And I think that's Part of becoming a counselor. <laughs> I was counselor Troy for fourth grade Halloween. Um, but uh, Data, he's an android who wants to experience what it is to be human. And in one episode, he becomes human for a, a time period. And he goes, oh, my stomach hurts. What is this? Am I dying? What is this? And Guinan says, you're hungry. <laughs> experienced that pain of hunger before oh my god i'm dying (laughs) it's it it is that way with our emotions you know he experiences uh love for his cat for the first time and he's like whoa what this is overpowering because that and it, it can feel that way when we start to let those emotions back in uh sometimes we don't know how to process them. And so the safety of working with a counselor or a coach um, or a trained hypnotherapist is so important because that person is our safety net. They're the person who is there when we're feeling that way. And we can just start crying. We can just start yelling um, if we need to in that session. And that is the the beauty and, and the important significance of yeah. sessions. And it's remembering that you're not going to die. I, I say this very often. And when I say it, a lot of people laugh. I'm just like, you're not going to die. I know it felt like that when you were a kid. Like, oh, this is so overwhelming. Like, oh my God, I feel like my heart is being ripped out. Yeah, it feels like that, but it's not. You're not going to die. You're not. And that's why we're there to support you. To, to When your mind starts to play tricks on you like that, to say, hey, I feel like I'm going to die. I will tell you, hey, you're not going to though. I have you. And it's that compassion. It's that support to let you know that you're going to be okay. This is just you going through the motion. Right. Because the only way out is going through it, because if every day you go and you get closer to it and you keep running away, you're going to continue running, running. And you're never, ever going to get to feel that feeling. But you're also telling yourself, hey, I don't want to feel any feelings at all. And so it means that you're missing the passion of life. You're missing the feeling of love. You're missing the feeling of excitement. You're missing all the good ones. Right. And again, I say good ones just because well, you're missing even the good ones. So. I mean, pick one, pick one, pick anyone (laughs) going through it all. (laughs) 
Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when for people with found safety and stoicism, the even the pleasant emotions can feel overwhelming and scary. Yeah. Um, so even the, because of, and I love that you use the analogy of, you know, an EKG, uh, where we go up and down and up and down. And, uh, and so sometimes those highs, just like a roller coaster, um, the highs are, it's, it's less scary to be going up, but it's more scary to be going (laughs) up, um, because we know, you know, what is, what is coming next. And so, uh, sometimes even those ones that we feel like are are pleasant, um, if we have experienced that in conjunction with those painful experiences, and we've told ourselves the story that having the pleasant experiences made the suffering of the unpleasant ones worse. If that's the narrative mm-hmm. that we're having, then even those pleasant experiences can feel unsafe. Interesting. Um, I never thought about it that way. So if we have, uh, you know, a love story, let's say, right, and we had a painful breakup, and then we said, well, if I hadn't loved that person in the first place, if we tell ourselves that narrative, even the experience of going on a date or forming a relationship with the next person, sometimes the more pleasant it feels, the more like, I, I really feel connected to this person, right? But then immediately... That, yeah, that probably means I'm going to lose that, right? Or that means that uh, that oh, it's boy. not going to work out. Those those feelings can sometimes so uh, so it does it makes sense for people, you know. If if yeah. we're listening to this and we're going, okay, how do I have compassion for myself for the fact that I turn off even my pleasant emotions, right? That I don't yeah, even yeah. feel those. Uh, we can go. No, it's it makes sense when we think about the narratives that we tell ourselves it makes sense um so it doesn't mean (laughs) something is wrong with you if you're like I don't even want to feel happy it just means that that makes sense that's the timeline that uh that your brain has put together that's the map that your brain line that your brain has put together based on its interpretation of the previous experiences yeah and I'm glad you explained it that way. I really am glad. So if the listener is hearing that, I would love for them to also hear that there's nothing wrong with you. Like she said, there is nothing wrong with you. It's just that that's your wiring, but you can change your wiring if that's not how you foresee life being for you long-term. Absolutely. If it's not helping us, if that wiring is hindering us holding us back or harming us in some way if it's creating more negative emotion um then and yeah we we want to rewire some of those things and and i think that your message is that we can rewire those things it just it's it takes a lot of work and it's painful (laughs) but we won't die yeah it, it is it really is but think about it this way I'm I'm 36 and I've been living my life a certain way. If I'm just going to go through pain for, say, the next three months so that I can live probably the next 20 to 30 years the way that I want to, it's worth it. Absolutely. Wonderful. So uh, you had a positive counseling experience and you had a mediocre counseling experience. Can you tell us about your experiences in counseling? Uh, I'm originally from Jamaica and Jamaica is very religious, right? So they tried to incorporate in those counseling services, the idea of, you know, um, Christianity and so forth. And it's not that I'm against any of that. It's just that what if that thing that I come to you with, there's no scripture, there's nothing that actually aids me or gives me that understanding that I need in that moment because I'm already going through this chaotic situation. And then you come to me with a scripture that actually makes me feel more shame than it makes me feel more understanding. That for me was my experience the first time that I had a counselor. She didn't understand a word I was saying. She told me I need to pray about it. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's not working for me. Um, no. And in going through that, that first experience, I'm like, well, if she doesn't understand me and we're so heavily spiritual or religious, then I'm just going to keep this stuff to myself. And that's never a good idea. 
because <laughs> it's so overwhelming already and you feel like you're droning and to keep that to yourself, you're going to continue to spiral. And that is the very thing that I continue to do was to spiral. Uh, so after a counseling experience like that, feeling feeling not heard, feeling misunderstood, feeling like, you know, sometimes we feel like we're being given a prescription for a problem we don't have, right? And then the problem we do have uh, is being ignored. So how did you go from that mediocre, uncomfortable counseling experience to one that was helpful? Uh, there were, t- it was time apart because I'm very self-sufficient in a way and that, that sometimes it's not helpful for me to be as self-sufficient as I am, but that was more than likely that was in my early twenties and my next therapy, um, experience was in my late twenties. And I was at a point where I was just like, okay, I can't do this by myself anymore. I couldn't stop crying. And I ended up going to someone that she she was while she was religious here in Canada that is because I eventually moved here and while she was religious or spiritual she didn't look at me from that lens she looked at me from a lens of hey I hear what you're saying it's the op- it was a complete opposite for me she's like I hear you and I understand you the only part that was missing from what she was saying she's like there's nothing going on. You just have a lot of information. And I'm like, no, there's something going on. <laughs> I, I don't know how to, to live like this. So even though I went from a, a horrible experience and went to an okay experience, the okay experience was enough for me to recognize that I needed something different from just the sitting and talking. I needed something that was going to get to my subconscious. And that's how I found um, hypnotherapy. Wow. And then what was that experience like for you? Life changing. I first went to um, someone with, I had suffered from hyperhidrosis, which is excessive sweating under my armpits. And I remember going through a session and I remember getting to the root of why I have hyperhidrosis. It was a way to actually protect me. And in understanding that, hey, it was trying to protect me. I understood that, hey, that was okay for the time that it happened, but then it was actually going against what I wanted to do today. And it was, it was like a shift. And I stopped sweating right as, as, as the session was done. I noticed day after day, I would be saying to my friends, I said, Hey, um, I'm not sweating anymore, guys. And they're like, okay, Carol, you're not sweating. That's okay. Okay. I'm like, you don't understand. I am not sweating. And they couldn't understand why I was so excited about it because I've tried everything, everything to stop hyperhidrosis and it just would not stop. And so after going to that session and it just ceased, I was like, oh, we're going to have to do more of this. <laughs> wow. So your your subconscious was telling your body, this is a threat. I need to produce more sweat so that I can extinguish whatever threat fire it thought you were having and you you did the session and then you were able to have that uh that suggestion or that information uh given to your subconscious to say no you don't you don't need to do that in order to protect from this anymore and then your brain stopped sending that signal it wasn't yeah. or it was rerouted probably essentially uh, yeah yeah it, it it was mind-blowing to say the least mind-blowing wow that's amazing what other kinds of things I know we talked last time about uh smoking cessation and sex addiction and uh workaholism and alcoholism and all kinds of things that uh you know we go to for comfort and yeah. so are these uh, are these the kinds of uh, unhelpful habits and behaviors that that people are typically coming with? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most of them. And at the root of it is, you know, self-worth, you know, or them feeling like they're not enough. So you, you you someone will come to me with all those that you've listed. But at the root of it is most of the time just them feeling that they're not enough. And it's it it might seem like so it's that simple, 
it really is that simple because once we think or believe that we're not enough, we're going to do certain things to make sure that we feel that we are. And no matter what we do on the outside, no matter how many achievements we have, no matter how much we're working, no matter how much we're doing this, there are times that that is just going to override everything, everything. So it's working at that belief, thinking that you are not enough the way that you are changes <laughs> it changes the whole game the whole game wow beautiful and you talked about shame too and shame comes from the belief that we're not lovable that we're not yeah. enough that we're not worthy uh and so when those when that message or thought or feeling of i'm not worthy i'm not enough is neutralized yeah. then the shame doesn't need to appear for us. It doesn't serve its purpose anymore, um, which is reminding us that we're not worthy. And right, like that is the purpose of shame. And in some ways it was, it seemed to be helpful to us as, uh, as children and uh, in our previous, you know, years. Uh, And then we, we sometimes recognize ways that it's not helpful to us. Being able to neutralize that base uh, thought is, yeah, absolutely. It comes out in so many different ways. So, so many different ways. Well, and so when you do a session, what does that look like? Because it's not talk therapy. What what does it look like when somebody does a session? <laughs> it's it's interesting because it is a it's a combination, right? So it's a combination of NLP, psychotherapy, hypnotherapy. Um, so it's a two hour sessions essentially. Uh, you. Because I think there's so much work to be done um, in that two-hour sessions, but it's so transformational, right? It's almost like, I would say, six months of therapy, like talk therapy, in the space of two hours. And yes, there's a bit of talking, but the talking isn't like what we're doing right now. It's talking to your subconscious mind. So I'll give you a scenario. Uh, I'll actually give you my own personal scenario with a hyperhidrosis. What she did for me was to bring me back to a couple of scenes that basically the hyperhidrosis was rooted in. First scene, I remember uh, being in prep school and a kid was being laughed at for being smelly, right? And they stayed away from him. And when I saw that, I felt I felt bad for him. I felt guilty. I felt shame. And I felt like I didn't do enough to protect him. Then another scene comes that shows, and this is a very sensitive one for me, where I was being violated, right? And at that point, my mind decided, hey, it connected those two scenes to say, well, if someone, um, if the person that was being was being bullied or being made fun of, because they were sweaty, because they were smelly, people stayed away from them. So my mind then says, hey, if I want this person to stay away from me, I should do that so that I can be protected. And it is as simple as that for your mind to be like, hey, this is the only way that I know I can protect her. Let's do that. Oh, absolutely. Those two pieces that our brain, you talked about the blueprint and being able to connect those pieces that seem unrelated until you you go, Wow, that makes sense, right? Of course that makes sense that our brain would would do that and put those pieces together, especially when it is looking for ways to be safe, looking for ways for protection. Um, So, wow, what a a beautiful example. And thank you so much for sharing that. And then in that session, being able to disconnect the two. And yeah, yeah, of course, in our brain, we can say, okay, having excessive, you know, sweat, that's not protecting me from sexual assault, right? Our brain knows that, but our our subconscious mind doesn't doesn't know it. And we see that sometimes with weight loss or weight, weight gain, weight loss, right? That connection of like, okay, well, if I, um, if I gain weight and hardly anybody is thinking let me gain weight so that a predator doesn't assault me 
right? Like yeah, yeah. that's not necessarily a thought that people think in their mind and go, well, I'm going to go eat some more food because I want to be safer from sexual assault. But it is a connection that gets made. Uh, and it is a connection that can cause so many challenges. And we go, why does this keep happening? Our body is trying to protect ourselves. Uh, so what a great example. Uh, and it, it makes so much sense. So I thank you so much for sharing that. So what suggestion might you give to somebody who might be on the fence about counseling in general or somebody who might be skeptical about hypnotherapy? Uh, I guess I'll answer the last part. Um, and I think you actually cleared it up in the beginning. It is not what you see on TV. And here's why I think they do it the way that they see they have it on TV is because they know the power of hypnotherapy. They know that once we are able to rewire certain things, they won't have control over us anymore. So just by even saying that, think about that. You have so much power in you as an individual, as a human being, that you just have to take that power back by changing the beliefs that you have about yourself. And that's the one thing I can promise you, I could put my life on the line as it relates to hypnotherapy. Wow, absolutely beautiful. So uh, if you are thinking about trying hypnotherapy uh, techniques within your psychotherapy sessions um, with a registered licensed hypnotherapist, make sure, please, that they are a credentialed hypnotherapist. Um, you can make sure that you have somebody who is by going to uh, indivinetime.com. And it's indivine. And then time, like the herb, T-H-Y-M-E dot com, which I just brings up so many pleasant um, emotions for me that that spelling <laughs> the one time and, and that uh, that image. So uh, also on Instagram, you can go to In Divine Time uh, on Instagram and uh, find out more information as well about getting started. So Carol, thank you so much for being here again. It was such a pleasure as always. Um, and what great information. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You. Anytime. <laughs> I'm Carol Richards and I'm a counselor, but I also need a counselor. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Me too. So uh, this is Julie Johns, Dr. Julie Johnson, and I also need a counselor. Bye. Thank you for listening to the You Need a Counselor podcast. We are so grateful that you're here. Now we want to hear from you. Text us or give us a call at 515-650-3231. You can also find and connect with You Need a Counselor on Facebook and Instagram. If you've enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to like, review, or leave a comment as all of these things help others to find and benefit from the podcast as well. If you're in the state of Iowa and interested in mental health counseling or behavioral health intervention services, give us a call at 800-531-4236. And if you're a provider seeking play therapy CEUs, you can find us on patreon.com slash you need a training. We'll see you for the next episode Sunday at five.